When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey everybody. Hello. And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Still shopping for my I know you're still still trying to find a new intro. We're still we're trying to trying to trying to pep it up a little bit. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Yes, today we have Rakefet Abigail with us. Uh, actor, writer, director, producer. Teacher. Teacher, yeah. <laughs> teacher. Cat owner. The wearer of many, many hats. And we are super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I like hanging out with you guys, so this is fun. Oh, we're so excited. We love making up excuses to hang out with you. It's actually, uh, <laughs> I have the other recording. I'm just going to keep doing this. Until- <laughs> <laughs> we can just Zoom. It's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> we don't have to talk about all my crap. <laughs> but we are here to talk about all your crap because that's actually how I came to know you. I was a little starstruck at first because um, I believe Jackson Love is my first uh like interaction with your work and then now um boo which i loved but i'm afraid to talk about because i don't want to give anything away so yeah (laughs) well as long as it's nothing about the end you're good um we just won't reveal the twist yeah at this point really but anyway yeah let's wait till it's online but um jacks jacks was my first movie so of course i don't think you would have come across me before that like i was an actor and things but I wasn't a filmmaker and I wasn't in the horror community until then, but uh, what would you like me to say about Boo? Boo? Well, t- well first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about like w- what Boo is and where, more importantly, where people will be able to find it. I, I guess the, the whole um, festival scene is all jacked up now, huh? Ooh, yes, um, which is frustrating, especially because of course you paid for submissions. It's frustrating for the festivals, it's frustrating for the filmmakers, it's frustrating for the audience. Um, we, when this whole thing broke with the COVID thing, um, we had like seven or eight screenings lined up for March and April and none of them happened. (laughs) Um, a few got postponed, which, and then a few got canceled and some of the postponed ones have since been canceled. Um, because, you know, I can imagine that the headache of trying to even postpone something is a nightmare, I'm assuming. Um. So unfortunately, the only one right now that it's currently supposed to be screening at is Crimson Screen Horror Film Festival at the end of the month. Um, are they doing re- like remote or are they trying to roll with it? They are doing the festival as far as I know. I don't know. I don't think I will be there. <laughs> I really wanted to go. It's one of the best festivals that I was very excited to go. Um, and I was super excited we got in and I've never really been to South Carolina. And I thought, well, I was like going. Um, but now it's in a couple of weeks and I honestly don't know if I feel like that's a good idea to do. And the rest were either canceled or postponed or I don't know yet. Um, but. 
I am in the midst of making a deal with, I guess I can just say it because who even knows, but I, Alter is probably going to be releasing it and um, online. And I was kind of just waiting to deal with some SAG issues, but I think it's probably going to be released. And there's been, a, you know, iHorror wanted to release it on their website and some other places, but I can't do that until I figure out this whole SAG thing. But once it's online, I think it's going to be online everywhere. <laughs> so like, I don't know if I should just give it to Alter and not the other places, or if I should just be like, everyone can play it. It doesn't matter. But I don't know if that's like splitting views and who cares. And I don't, it's not like, I mean, I'm not making like money. So it's not about the money. It's just more about like, I want people to be able to find it. Right. So, um, and at this point, since it can't play at festivals probably for a while, uh, I just want it to be available. So hopefully it will be soon, maybe hopefully by the end of the summer, I hope, at least. And, and obviously as soon as it is, you'll let us know and we'll let everybody that follows us, we can direct them to where to find it so they can see it. Because I, I have to say that Boo is, is, is a fairly, it's, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, so last October, Marissa and I went to the Women in Horror Film Festival in Georgia, where I, you know, I'm, I'm riding on Marissa's coattails here because she is one of uh, the judges for all the movies. So I, you know, I'm basically going as, as her guest. Uh, but in going to the festival, um, I got to go to uh, the script reading. Uh, yeah. that they had and and Boo was one of the ones that and I've never been like this whole as far as as film goes unlike Marissa who has the background like I'm the watcher of the finished product so that going to the film festival was was really my first time seeing the other side of of these movies being made seeing you know filmmakers and seeing people you know talk about you know their their productions and what goes into it and you know people talking about you know funding and networking it was it was a very interesting peek behind the curtain for me as someone again who I see the finished product like that's what I've always you know enjoyed Lee overwhelmed her <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, it, it was overwhelming but going to the script reading was one of the highlights for me just it, out of the whole festival just it's just something I've never experienced to just get to hear them and and boo was hands down and I'm not just saying this because you're here you can ask Marissa boo was my favorite of all of the script readings. I really loved the story. And like I said, we're not gonna reveal the plot twist, but it, that, like, I didn't see it coming. And I, now I'm, I mean, I will admit, I'm not one that ever sees the twist <laughs> coming. Like the sixth sense went right over my head. Um, but no, it was, it was so, it was so cool to see. And then when, you were finally, you know, when you finally made the film and I finally had the opportunity to see Boo, you know, on screen and, and see, you know, you, you know, you were in it, you have your actors and everything. I, I was so blown away by it. So Boo is always going to be something that's like, uh, but just like that cool little, you know, niche thing for me because it's tied into such a cool experience. For sure. And Kef, I don't know if you remember this, I fangirled hard at you after this, the, the screenwriting part. Um, and you gave me a boo sticker, which is on my board as we- I feel like I do remember that actually. That was really super fun. And I mean, we, the script won honorable mention that year, which was really cool. And I have a very beautiful plaque from them. Um, but the script reading was really fun. And I liked working with the actors that like we had assembled. So just real quick, it's a, it's the story of a girl who is in recovery. And it really is, a, for a short film, has a lot of like, meat on its bones, which as you know, I'm all about here at the Jersey Cools. Um, and it, it's a very layered and kind of nuanced thing. And, and it really is just a story about addiction and, and struggling with your demons. And I mean, that's literally what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just about her trying to stay sober and not ruin her life with her addiction. And, um, and yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, there's a little bit of a love story in there, a little bit. There's a, I, I don't know. I, I tend to write about love in so far, at least with my shorts. Um, both Jax and Boo are definitely about love. They, um, they twist, I would argue. 
What's that? With a horror twist, I would argue. Oh, well, for sure. They're definitely not like romantic comedies. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they have comedic elements, but they're definitely not romance. They're not romances and they're not comedies. But, um, but I, I think love is one of the most terrifying things on the planet. So I think that kind of works really well with horror. Um, and the idea of losing someone you love, it's terrifying. And, um, and actually both films are about kind of not wanting to lose the person that you love because of who you are. Um, and, I, and I think that's a testament to your skill as a writer too, that you're able to pepper in, you know, it's, it's a horror movie at its base, but you're able to pepper in the romantic element, the comedic element. There are moments of, you know, there's the thriller moments of it, these moments of terror. And it, I mean, it all flows so nicely packaged in what 20 some odd minutes uh boo is 15 minutes 15 there you go in 15 minutes you're taking on this journey and like i said i think it's just a testament to your skill as as a writer as a director you know i'm kind of floored because jackie is not one to gush and i'm not <laughs> but i really like i do i really like i said I when do. you know what when when the plot twist hits like if it gets you here's my thing there are movies that what was that movie once or twice, I figured like the ending out in a movie. There was the others. The movie The Others with Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured. Actually, it's not that I even figured it out. I joked that like, oh, what if the the kids are dead in the movie? I joked about it, and then when like that was the reveal, I was like, son of a bitch! You're like, I, like, I figured it. it out. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it anymore. I don't like it now. <laughs> so yeah, so when you can pull one over on me, and again, I will say that I'm never trying to figure out the ending. I'm not one of those people. Like I am generally just a, I'm going to focus on the movie and the character. I'm not going to sit there and go add, the, like, like, go for the ride. Yeah. I mean, I, we had, I, I definitely had people that I, you could tell they were just the kind of person that they were going to be looking from the beginning, whether they knew there was a twist or not. They were like, I'm watching for it. And a lot of them called it. And there were people who, I mean, but I, I don't know. I would say it's almost 50-50 and maybe even 70-30 that didn't see it coming. And the people who did, even the people who did said that even though they knew it was coming, it still was like a good ending because they felt like vindicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that they were right and it was so there. And, you know, we wanted to make the makeup effects were really important and whatever and so um i think i like it better when people don't call it but also you can't you know you can't possibly like tell yourself don't call it like you know you either yeah. you do or, or you don't like the sixth sense i never in a million years would have called that never never like never and i wasn't looking for it but i also like wasn't even it didn't even like Oh, yeah, know. no, that wasn't even on my radar for that to be the ending. I, when it ends, and thank God they go back and kind of show, like, certain things happening again, because I'm like, how am I so stupid? Like, they're literally, it's in your face. Like, you cannot miss it. Like, but you do. And I was, and I decided then and there that if I made movies, they were going to have twists, because... I just thought it was so, The Sixth Sense is actually the movie that did that for me. Wow. Because I was like, I don't want to ever end a movie without a twist. Like, I think that that's like the best possible gift you could give your audience is like, you think you're watching this thing and then you're totally, you didn't realize, even know that you were watching something else. And I was so blown away by it that I've worked really hard on both films to put a little twist. Now, Sometimes a twist doesn't work as well as you wanted to. Also, in many ways, like Boo especially, I worked so hard on that script because there are actually words and phrases that give away the twist in mm -hmm. the beginning of the movie. And I worked those words and phrases like a crazy person. Like I changed the order, I moved this, I showed that, I was like, well, maybe if I say it this way, it gives it away. But if I say it this way, it doesn't, but it does. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And I made myself crazy with it. I made myself crazy. And then when it came down to editing it, it was a lot in that conversation in the beginning with me mm -hmm. and the other girls. And a lot of people were telling me like the scene's too long, cut the scene, it's dragging or it's this. And I was like, but that's where all of the 
stuff is. That's where all of the cherries are that like, if you watch it again, that scene doesn't drag. When you watch the movie and then you go back and you're like, oh my God, this scene is really important. But when you don't know it, you're kind of like, why are we sitting here talking about this for 10 minutes? You know, it wasn't 10 minutes, but like it's like a three minutes scene or two minutes. Yeah, but it's, it's true. I think that's what makes movies with twists rewatchable. And since, since we are going to dive into The Sixth Sense too, you got to leave those little, like that little trail of breadcrumbs for your audience. And I think that's a smart move. And that and I think, is pivotal. I and that way you can watch the movie and enjoy it again. Like I, like if it doesn't have that, and then you find out the twist, then you're like, well, why do I even need to see this again? Because I already know what's going to happen. But if you get to watch it again and you're like, oh my God, that, that thing happened and that thing happened and that thing happened, then, you know, it's I, more apparent. I think it's what makes them rewatchable and what makes them interesting. Like I love, one of the things I love to do when I watch movies like The Sixth Sense or even the second time I watched Boo, I was like looking for those pieces of evidence, you know, because you're like trying to build the case and it's, it's good. I think it's important. So all female cast and crew for Boo? No, no, no. We had more than 50%. So um, I would say, I don't know the exact percentage, but it was definitely more, more than half were. So female. <laughs> female. Right. I mean, the cast, we had two guys and three girls. Yes. Two guys and three girls. So obviously that's more. And then the crew, we made sure that we were hiring as many women as we possibly could. I wasn't like going for 50%. It would have been fine if we went for a hundred percent, but it just turned out that my my main team, like my DP and um, the editor and the producer, all happened to be male. But they were like the most non-male males I know. <laughs> Not, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory to them way. I mean it as a compliment because they're not like. They're just so supportive and loving and there for me. And I could not have done it without the three of them. Alex, Ned, and Marshall were incredible. Um, we had two female um, associate producers as well, uh, or co-producers um, that I had never worked before. But it, it, it is a testament to them being on board that they were kind of pointing out, like, we should hire more women. And I was like, you're right, should. And so we did in any position that we could possibly get because I didn't want to hire a woman just because she's a woman because I just don't yeah. think that that's right. I would rather have the best DP I can have. And if it, and I'm not to say that there aren't amazing women in every position because there are. I may not have had access to them or I didn't know about them or whatever. And I was going with the best person for the job. And in many cases, it was a woman. And in many cases, it wasn't. <laughs> So as far as what was available to me, and I just don't think we should be handing out things to women, me included, that, that they're not the best for, right? That I just don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that puts me in the minority, but like, I just. No, that's, I think that's fair. I don't think anybody. I don't believe, I don't think anybody wants a job that they got because like, just, just because they're female. Like, I wouldn't want to be put on a set just because I'm a woman. I want to be put on the set because I'm the best person they could think of for that job. We're, we're not asking for handouts. We just want a seat at the table. We just want the chance at the, the same crack at it as everybody else. So I Absolutely. And I, made, and, and I think that it's important to make sure that those people are in the rotation, that you're looking at, at those resumes and that you're bringing in all... And honestly, if we could have had an all-female crew, I would have been, like, all for it. I, there's no problem. I've that would be wonderful. And the women we had were like incredible. Yeah. And horror is just a tricky genre too. I still feel like we do have some ground to make up in this genre versus a lot of other ones. I mean, I don't have to pr tell you how male dominated this subgenre is and how difficult it is to be a girl or a girl, be a, be a woman and be taken seriously in, in this particular genre. I can't tell you how many times it's been very clear to me that it's still a man's world. And, and oh, it for sure is. And I think that's in general, like, I think in the whole world, but especially in the horror world. And it's changing. And I honestly, I think what women are bringing to the table as far as stories and types of films and how they're told and all of that stuff, I think is so needed and is actually shifting the genre and elevating it because I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's elevating it in a lot of ways. And that maybe guys can do too, but haven't been. 
Like they just haven't been. So maybe women are like taking this opportunity and they're like, well, now we have this platform and we have this chance and we have these stories and a place to tell them. And they're not romantic comedies and they're not <laughs> dramas where you're from 1895. I don't know, whatever. I don't even know what women, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm making all sorts of assumptions. No, it's, I think it's fair. I, I do think it's, it's very true that we are, the, the genre is better for it. Being more receptive to the female, like a more female narrative is a really positive thing. And I think it's, it's also important to remember, like we are gory and F shit up and have really, I mean, your protagonists are all very dark characters and it's what I love about your films. I mean, it's, so I think that there's, I think there's a lot to be said for, for being a woman in horror, but I also think it does carry that burden of like, you know, trying to make sure you're, you're doing right by your. Oh, we have to be as good as them, but also almost better. And, and that sucks. <laughs> because it's not really fair. Um, and we have more to prove. But uh, I think it makes a difference. And honestly, I don't think Boo directed by a guy would have been the same or written by a guy would have been the same. I'm not saying it would be better or worse. I, don't, I just don't think it would be the same. Like, it's just the way you handle things. And women and men, I don't care what you say, are different, right? Not you, but like... We're different, yeah. we're different beings. Nobody is better than the other, but we are just different. And so we're gonna approach things differently. And also women, woman to woman is different and man to man is different, right? Everybody's different. So yeah. it's, I just think it's nice that we're bringing, I don't know. I'm just glad that there's, an, uh, there's, there's a platform for me that maybe 10 years ago there wouldn't have been. And so if I'm gonna be raised up on this platform, I want to put my hand down and bring up other women so that they can be on the platform and so that we can all, you know, do what we want to do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm always fascinated by, what is it like to direct yourself? Like, is it easier than being directed by others? Like, I, I personally, I'm not a director. I don't have a director's mindset. I'm fascinated though, fascinated by it. I mean, I don't know how much I really directed myself. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I didn't like, like take myself aside and be like, look, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking here, right? So it's more like, it just, it's kind of, A, it's more being, it's just being a really much more aware actor because you have to be like a, aware of more. But also luckily I had Ned there um Ned Thorne was is my editor who did Jack's Ambu and he's directed before and I was very nervous about directing because it's the first time I've directed much less myself and so having him there as someone to like watch the monitor for me to call action for me so I could stay in character to um to like a, a sounding board because like I would do a scene and I would like, I don't know. And we didn't have time to look at the monitor because this is like an indie thing and we were in a rush and trying to do way too much. And right I would just look at him and, yeah, and I would just be like, Ned, was that good? You know, like, <laughs> I, just, I just need somebody to tell me, like, like, don't tell me it's good if it's not good. Like, just tell me, like, do I need to do it again? Am I not, whatever, am, are you seeing this part of my face? Are you, like, whatever it is that I needed. So I don't, I don't think anybody who directs themselves really directs themselves. You know what I mean? Like, to some degree you do. And you, I set up the shots and I was the one who chose, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And I worked on the storyboards and I made the whatever. But ultimately when you get there, you have to rely on your crew. And that's why you have a good DP and somebody kind of looking out for you. And, um, and there were times when I was too crazed to deal with something and, you know, Ned or somebody else would come up to me and be like, I think you should be more like nervous or whatever, or whatever the note was. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Cause I'm thinking about also, oh, the catering is late and the permit office might stop by and, oh, I have like three pages of lines that I haven't learned. And I don't know where this actor is and whatever. So in this, in this small indie world, like production type of a thing, you just have to find people who are willing to do, like you, a bunch of jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any, any crew I've been on, I feel like it really does hinge on its success 
with the theory that everybody has to be willing to pitch in. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've done a job on set. I've never <laughs> in a million years thought I would be doing, but you know. We got this young girl, um, her name's Emma Donahue. She's, um, she's amazing. She was like just out of college and we hired her as like an intern. So of course, you know, we weren't paying her, but she wanted the experience and she was going to just intern and just help us out. But what we needed somebody to do was basically be a second AC and like do the slate and blah, blah, blah. And, that, and someone ended up, I don't even know if it was me, to be honest, because who remembers um, in all the chaos, but someone made like put her in that position to just kind of learn it and do it. She ended up being so good at this job. Like she, like she had never done it. She had no idea what she was doing. And she was so good at it. And we were like, well, now you're not an intern anymore. You're not a PA, you're second AC. And I was like, I'm giving you second AC credit. Awesome. That's what, you, and, I, and you're not doing anything else. Don't let anybody take you off the set and go get sodas or something. You're the second AC and like, you should be sitting with the slate and be doing that. And, um, and now she has this like skill that, that she can have. And that's thanks to my first AC who was training her and who was uh, Stephanie McNeil is an amazing first AC. And I just, I don't know. I'm like so proud that like we helped her learn this thing and she did such a great job and that's the kind of stuff I want to do. That's awesome. So um, uh, just a newbie question. What's an AC? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Assistant camera. So <laughs> okay. First assistant camera basically is like, like the DP's running the camera and then they have the first assistant camera who's doing like the focus pulling and okay. whatnot. And then the second AC is the person who's kind of assisting the first AC by doing the slate and keeping track of the take numbers and cleaning the lens, whatever, whatever the camera oh, department. Okay. Good to know. At least on the indie level, of right. course, in, a, in like a major production, you've got like all sorts of things that we didn't have. So, but yes, assisting. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like listening and I'm like, You're oh, like that's so awesome for her. Second AC. I'm like, girl, <laughs> get it. I don't know what that is. That can, in my head, I'm like, like I'm like I got the assistant part. I'm like assistant. To the regional. Yeah, I'm like, I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been doing all sorts of jobs in this industry forever, and I still, still, every time something happens, learn something else. Like somebody will say something, and you're like, what is that? Like, I'm like, I've been on a hundred sets. I've never heard that before. And they're like, everybody knows what that is. And I'm like, they do? Like, I've <laughs> never even come across that term before, you know? There's always that on what every set that your people act like everybody says that you've never heard it before you're like ah, yeah like I learned something new about like like some lingo or some title or some something like almost every time I work on a project <laughs> every time and I feel like I should know these things by now and sometimes I just don't and it's good you just ask I feel like people in the biz totally come up with goofy name, like nicknames. Well, that's true too. You've got like the C47s, which are the clothespin things. And you're like, C4, like. So you could torture a poor intern at some point or PA. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I remember being an extra and like, that was like a whole thing. People were like making fun of them and calling spinners, which were just like coffee stirrers. They were like, can I get a spinner? And people were like, what's a spinner? You know, it's like just a coffee stirrer. Like that's all it is. Like they had to make it fancy. Right. Right. <laughs> so if you had to pick only one like director writer actor which one would be like your if you had to pick a fave like which one you're shooting to the top to be what's which one's gonna be etched on the stone which like you know like well if I was gonna pick I would say actor because I'm an actor okay and, and but I but <laughs> I've been pushed not pushed that's a really bad word but like encouraged to focus more on the directing and the writing only because it gives you more power over your career than an actor an actor is always waiting to be hired whereas a director and a writer can create their own work and or it's just easier to have some control over your the trajectory of your career a little bit right and that's why I started doing this in the first place was I was an actor who 
was like not getting the roles that I wanted. So I'm like, I'm gonna make my own movie and give myself my own roles and I'll direct it and I'll write it and I don't care and whatever. So yeah, but I, I, I'll take any of the ones that pay me so that I don't have to teach anymore. <laughs> um, producer, oh no, producer I'll do, but if you pay me, I will not produce for free. There's a lot of things I will do for free, but that is not, unless it's my own thing, not one of them. Yeah, I, I love producer. I wound up, uh, the company I just got involved in, I wound up being stuck at as a producer, never realizing that I I'm actually really good at producing, so I'm okay in this position. I love. I it. feel like I'm good at it, and I but I hate every second of it. Really? Oh, see, I, I don't enjoy any part of it because <laughs> it's so businessy. I feel like. I, yeah, and it's like not creative in the slightest. <laughs> and no. What's is I get to throw tantrums about whenever they try to cut me out of the creative process. Like I got booted from our writers' room and pitched a fit. I was like, I will quit. I will because really. I have no business being in the writer's room because all I do is Debbie Downer them because I'm their producer. Right, because you're they're saying like all these big ideas and you're like, that's gonna cost too much, not doing that, we ain't buying that, that's not happening. And like all I do is send the Debbie Downer meme, like that's just me every day. Um, that's why it's hard to produce and direct because you're as a director, you're like, I want all these amazing things, but the other part of you that's the producer is like, you can't afford that, you're out of your mind. And the writer's like, but I put it in there and it's all you. And oh. you're all just, just you. <laughs> hundred percent it is it's like mad at yourself all the time <laughs> i throw tantrums and then only to realize it's me i'm mad at like it's yeah. one who's squashing my own dreams yeah uh, yeah no i love being a producer um and i find myself like astoundingly good at like the, the businessy manipulating other people to give you money and give you time and, and then well shoot then i'll call you next time i don't want to do it i hate it <laughs> i hate it i freaking love it um yeah, no, so that, that makes sense, though. Like, I like that, like, you're an actor first. It's so awesome that you were like, fuck it, I'm just gonna write my own roles. Because <laughs> like, I was like, I'm so sick of this. Like, nobody's bringing me in. I was a stand-up, so they brought me in for comedy and sitcoms and Disney and Nickelodeon, which is great. And I, you know what, honestly, I don't have any of that right now. <laughs> and I would gladly take it. But it's not all I wanted to do. And it's not what I love to do. Like, I love doing the juicy stuff. I love crying. I love screaming. I love killing people. <laughs> and like, they just, <laughs> what'd you say? They don't do that on Disney, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, no, not in the way that you want them to. But, um, but now I just, I just created an animated, uh, kids tv show with um a co-producer writer vincent desanti who did never hike alone oh, we, oh, we um, know. yeah he was on a panel with us uh oh. a women in horror panel at a uh the pop rock and horror convention last year oh nice was it okay on there too He's, um, we've been working a lot together. He's great. He's a very strong personality. Um, but I, I don't know. I admire that. I like, that's why I like working with him because we're very different and I'm very kind of apologetic and nervous about everything. And he's very not. And I think it's good for me to pick up on that. And I think more women should pick up on that vibe because men definitely have it. <laughs> um, and I think more women need it. As I know I do. I'm sure there are women that don't. I know plenty of women actually that, that don't, but I definitely uh, so. I'm with you. But I hope it rubs off on me a little bit and it makes me a little bit more confident in what I'm doing. And I like working with him because he comes up with ideas, which I don't always generally have, but I really enjoy the writing part of the process. And so he gives me an outline of something and then I write it. And as I write, I embellish it and grow it and put my own ideas and whatever. But I'm much, it's much easier for me to grow an idea than to like seed an idea. And I, I get, I just get to enjoy the like writing and putting fancy words in and messing with the sentence structure. And I don't know, I'm a nerd. I like that kind of part of it. No, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what the two of you do. I, I actually really like Never Hike Alone. I'm we pitched yeah. it. We pitched it to this company. We're waiting to see. Hopefully, we're going to get to pitch it to Disney. I hope. Um, awesome. And if we do, that would be amazing. And I love this show. We, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous and animated and fun and awesome. just, like, so not, not 
what either one of us usually do. That's really cool. Good yeah. luck. With that. But I'm also writing this very gory short with him that also, I don't know if I should mention the title yet, but it's fine. We're working together. We're doing stuff together. It's a very, it's a weird pairing, but also working pretty well. So I don't know. It always makes me giggle to be reminded of how small the horror indie scene really is. Cause like, Oh, everybody knows. (laughs) I know. Well, he said something to me once like about some, somebody said something to him and I was like, and he mentioned the first name of the person and I was like, oh, this person? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's so weird. Like, what are the chances? Very small world. Big fan of his because like he jumped like we had um him set up to slate slated to uh premiere and do like a little screening and interview for never hike alone it got all messed up and we were chit-chatting and i was like dude i'm running this panel women in horror you doubt and he was such a trooper and he was great like he had such wonderful insights and like it's always so nice to have a guy who who's in the industry who is so like aggressively in support of like equality and like you know if it's good it's content and all that kind of stuff no he definitely is and I know all of that's super important to him and he was even I think he was at women in horror no he was on the diversity panel at nightmares one year I think the year I was there with the boost script um I actually missed the panel but I wish I had been there um I think he was like the only like white dude on the panel so I'm sure he was like a target. I don't know. It's a hard panel to be on as a white dude, I think. Agreed. You know. So, but I'm Latino and I'm nervous to be on there. <laughs> look, like I was I was on that panel in 2017 actually with Sam and a few other people and you know because I'm bi and I'm Jewish and I'm a woman and whatever. But I still kind of felt like I'm just like a white person. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just felt like not, I don't know. The Women in Horror diversity panel of what, I forget what year that the was. The one that year that the script, the script reading was, right? Yeah. That was a great panel. Bonkers. <laughs> it was a panel. It went off the rails a little bit. I think Waylon was on and Stacy Palmer. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, somebody else. It, that was a crazy panel. I remember that panel. That was entertaining. Oh, what's her What's her name? She was great on there. That's when I first fell in love with her. Um, I forget. Oh, was it Anissa? It might have been, yeah. Uh, that's Anissa Matlock, who, who was one of the readers in the... She was. She was one of the readers, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Jennifer Trudwing, right? Oh, Trudrung. Yeah. I yeah. She is, like, one of the absolute nicest people I've ever met in my entire life, and I love her shorts, and she just, like, cranks them out, and they're, like, good, and I don't know how she does it, because, like, usually if you crank them out, they're not gonna be great all the time, but, like, she's just great, and I recently read her script, her new feature, and it was also just so, she's such a good writer, and she's such a good actress, and, like, and her girls are gorgeous and I just love her I love Jennifer I love Jennifer I'm, I'm a little bit of a fangirl actually I remember even more embarrassingly than when I met you literally stumbling up to her and like nearly asking her for an autograph I was so starstruck I had seen her in so many shorts and like indie movies and then I freaking loved her screenplays that I read that year and I was like oh my god she's like the most talented friend. and like now we're Facebook friends and stuff so I'm like starstruck all the time but Aww. well yeah I gotta I gotta lure her on to Jersey Ghoul soon she, yeah, I'm sure she would gladly do it. She's, you guys are great, and she's great, and I want to see everything that she does. I haven't seen There Be Ti- There Be Tigers. Here, There Be Tigers. There Be. T- I really want to see that. It looks so good. And I can't wait to see this full length one um, be done because the script was un- like I literally, I probably it was probably breaking rules, but I was like gushing at her about how much I love that screenplay because like you know how it is when you're a judge for these things, a lot of the stuff just kind of bleeds together it's rare that there's those standalones where you're like floored by them and like you think about them for weeks after. I just can't believe you have the guts to be a screen screenplay judge. Like that's a lot of reading that who knows what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like bag, bro. It's a <laughs> ones where I'm pretty sure when they read my reviews, they're probably like some, this woman is unhinged. Cause I will be like, who that? Like, and I always try to be nice, but like, sometimes I get so fired up, you know, like, I mean, yeah. Cause like even a, sh- I, I'm a judge for NOLA horror this year and I've been watching shorts and 
even like four minute ones, if they're not good, you feel like it's hours and you're just like, why? And I don't turn them off. I watch everything, but I'm just like, you know, and then something else will come on and it just blows your mind. And you're just like, wow, it's just, it's, you just never know what you're going to get. But reading screenplays must be so much harder. The only thing that was hard, has, is harder than reading is I, uh, last year, the year before I got, um, I was for the Philadelphia Short Film Fest. I was student work. And again, like you mm. want to nurture students, you want to cultivate right. people's art. You never want to squash anybody's dreams, but man can two minutes feel like a lifetime. Yeah. Like, no, and, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because I'm sure when I was in college, I thought these ideas were really good too that I came up with that were probably terrible. But um, it's it's adorable because some of them are just wonderful and awesome. And you're like, yeah. And then there are others where you're like, you know, your set pieces were amazing. <laughs> like, you just, like, reach. Well, you have to pull out something good. But I thank God the comments on these, on these uh, videos that I'm watching are not public. Like, they're not going to see them. Only, like, JT will see them. But I, I try to even mean, I'm always like, well, they really tried hard. They tried so hard. You can tell they really tried, <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, but no, just no. <laughs> Don't make good film reviewers. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like, well, they probably worked really hard. Yeah. I gave the, I gave so many apologetic remarks and then I was like, but it sucks but it's like don't do it just don't I'm like don't even watch it it's not worth it (laughs) it. and I'm always like I always feel I but I always have that twang of guilt when I like put the thumbs down and the zero stars but you know you gotta you gotta be real because there's people out there one time I came across somebody that I know and they and I and I wanted to I wanted to like it I really wanted to and I really did and I was like I wish I did I wish I did and I, you know, I put as many positives as I could, like, oh, the cinematography was really nice or whatever. I'm like, but the story or the acting, or I don't even remember what it was, but I felt te- extra terrible. But I'm not gonna, I, I wouldn't want someone to put me in just because they know me either, you know? I want them to put yeah. me in because they liked it and they thought it was good. 100%. And that's, I mean, we run into that a lot because we'll get people who like send us screeners or like try to like, like will you cover my movie will you have us on and like we've had that instance before where we've met the people and networked with them and they're so nice but right but not the work so much right it's hard dude because it's like on one hand you're networking you're building you know you don't want people's feelings but on the other hand you don't want to lie and like we don't want our reputation as reviewers you know yeah right (laughs) I, I don't know. And for me, for me, it's, I'm, I'm in a completely different position than, than Marissa or, or, or you, Rakefet, uh, um, because like, to me, the fact that you guys even made the movie is miles away from anything that I can do. So like, even the worst of the worst, I'm still on some level impressed by it because I'm like, I can't write. You know, like I can't do uh, my special effects. I can do like the most basic, minimal special effects. Like I can't do all the fun, super gory stuff. And I yeah, can't. But I can't either. That's why you hire somebody who can't. <laughs> I can't do it either. So I, even the worst things that we have seen, I still find some merit in because I'm like, that's cool. I can't do that. I can't do that at all. We learned our lessons the hard way when it came to like, because like when we first launched Jersey Goals, we definitely used it as like our our chance to rip on anything. Yeah, so we learned our lesson the hard way that like you really, you'd be surprised how quickly shit comes back to bite you. So like I, ever since then, I've been very- I'm just grateful mostly. I don't think anybody ever listens to my interviews. (laughs) Like I post them. I don't think anybody ever actually, I don't even think they're reading the articles to be honest. I feel like I post the articles and they're like, like, but nobody's reading it. I don't think anybody's looking at it. <laughs> so I should be careful because at some point somebody will, I suppose. But. Right. That's why I was like, if she's like, oh, these girls are really cool. Let me go listen to the episode about me. Like, and we're yeah. using her as our fucking like comedy stand up for the hour. Like, it was terrible. So ever since then, I've been very hyper aware. And she's like a famous person. So we really had a big pair of balls to just lace into her. No, I love it. I yeah. Love it. Now, like I said, we. I think at this point we have taken the stance of if we don't like someone's performance, we'll say we don't care for the performance. We will give actual critical reasons of why we don't like something. We've learned our lessons to like not talk shit for the sake of talking shit. Like I was talking shit on her for the sake of being funny. 
Um, so yeah, so we learned at this point, if we're going to be critical, we're going to be, you know, like fairly critical of someone right. and not be like, well, you know. But also fuck Eli Roth. Well, and Eli Roth, yeah, we can, yeah, he doesn't count. So you guys want to chat a little bit about Sixth Sense? You want to just kind of just talk about how it, it influenced you? Like, is there, are there any other horror movies that you really were like, this makes me want to make horror? I just, I never wanted to make horror. It's just like, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer, but I don't want to lie. Cause at this point I've said it in every interview that I accidentally started to make horror. It was not an intentional thing. I never liked horror. I did love the sixth sense, which I saw in college. So I know I had seen, so, and I mean, I had seen the shining when I was little, which probably is what put me off from horror. Not because it was bad. Cause I loved it, but it scared the Jesus out of me for the rest of time. It still scares me when I even think about it. Um, but I'm trying to think. Sixth Sense was a big one because I was like, oh, I could actually enjoy. I really liked it. And I love Tony Collette, like, with a passion. Mm, yes. So I, and Bruce Willis for that matter. But uh, I liked it so much that I think I was a little bit shocked that I, like, loved a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know why I went to see it because I normally wouldn't, but I think it was because people were talking about this twist. There was this yeah. twist and it was like a big deal. And I thought, I got to see it. I mean, I just got to see it because, and I saw Blair Witch in college also because it was all over the internet that these real tapes had mm -hmm. been like released and this horrible things that happened to these real kids. And I just was like, so curious <laughs> I was so curious and I went back like three or four times to see it in theaters actually Blair Witch because I just was like fascinated by the whole thing until it came out that it wasn't real at all and at the time the internet was not what it mm -hmm. is now and so it took a while for that to kind of get out there and I was so pissed off <laughs> that I spent same. all the time. I'm in the same boat as you because I remember that that came out, that was 99. So that I think came out the summer in between graduating high school and going to college. And my friend and I went to see it when it was, we went to Philly to see it when it was still in limited release. And I was like, dude, is this real? Like, I think it might be real. I go online and of course when you went online then it was like the missing poster and have you yeah I mean it had it looked legit I was I'm like dude this is real I'm like this is so crazy that they would make a film like this or whatever and then like maybe like a couple weeks later I see that uh Heather uh, I see her on Letterman and I'm like yeah. son of a bitch <laughs> I'm like yeah. it wasn't real they got well, me <laughs> but like think about like how naive we were as a society because that would never fly now never never a hundred billion opinions would come in before you even could yeah. say anything I know, I know. And, like honestly we like to, to think that we really like we were adults we were like 18 mm -hmm. 19 20 years old whatever and we believe that this, like, yeah. that not only is it real, but, like, a theater would release it. And, like, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of, like, insane when you think about it. You're just like, how dumb was I? But it wasn't, like, it was just the state of the world at the time was different. And we're yeah. just so much more critical and hyper aware of everything now than we ever were. And that was only, what, 10, 20 years, wait, 20 years 20 ago. Years ago. Um, Oh, it was my second year of college. Yeah. It, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, and I, was I, in, I was in film school. So I was like, what? When I realized it wasn't real, I'm like, they're really like, we could have just gone out with our camcorder. I have a camcorder. I don't need, what am I, why are we learning how to do all these fancy things when this guy just used a camcorder and now he's got a movie? I know that I, I will say also like the the draw for me for the sixth sense was obviously you know I'm from South Jersey I've lived in South Jersey my whole life so when we had this like big major motion picture and it's set in Philadelphia and they actually film stuff in Philadelphia and I'm like I'm gonna go 
and I'm going to see, and I'm going to recognize shit. And also, I mean, you've got Bruce Willis who grew up in a town that's like 20 minutes away from where I live. I actually lived at one point in the same town where he's from in South Jersey. So it's like, you've got the hometown hero. We're in Philly. I can recognize things like any, honestly though, that always like, what was the, uh, what was that show? Boy Meets World. That show was set you know, right outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs of Philly. So anytime, like, on the show, they'd be wearing a Phillies jersey. Like, my dumb ass is like, that's my hometown team on TV. Like, uh, it's some sort of big deal. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm an absolute. There was an extra on that. It was here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, draw, the draw of, you know, it's it's shot in Philly, you know, they, they we're going to get to see, you know, scenes of, of Old City and things like sure. that. That was, that was super cool to me to be able to go in and see that stuff. And then, I mean, just, you know, obviously the, it, I love, I've always loved a good ghost story. And then, like I said, the plot twist that just slapped me across the face. So. I, I, I've never been so blown away by an ending. I don't think ever. And maybe not even since. And I, I mean, I don't know. I have to think about that more, but it was, it was a big deal. And it definitely made me, it made me just want to have twists in my movies. I, and I, and I don't know how not like all the things I'm writing, not with Vince, but like my own stuff, like they all, I'm always trying to edge towards a twist. And I honestly don't know if it's just like overdone and I should just stop it, but I can't, I can't help it. I just don't, I just want to give, I just want to give you a little surprise, little bonus at the end. I think the, the only other thing that I learned with that movie, besides the plot twist slapping me in the face, was, I guess, a couple weeks after when, you know, I would say, like, the regular people, the normies, when we all realized that that was Donnie Wahlberg in the beginning. <laughs> oh, my like, God. That was a second yes. plot twist that I wasn't ready for. <laughs> yes. When I real yes, somebody said that to me at some point, and I was like, what are you talking, where? And I didn't even understand, like, what part of the movie they were talking yeah. about. Because it's almost, like, not part of the movie, like, it is, but it's, like, in the very beginning, you yeah. know? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I went back to look and I was like, wow, he's really good and really skinny, but really good. Like, he's just like so gross skinny at the time. Right? But, oh my God, yeah. But he did so great. And then obviously he did stuff after. Also the village, I also got me. I did not see that yeah, coming. No, I didn't see it. I still, you know, I've heard people talk some shit on that. Like, oh, I figured it out. It's so stupid. I didn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. And when the twist happened, I was, I'm like, that's, wow. Okay, yeah. He looks over the wall and sees the Jeep or something there. There's like a Jeep. And I thought for a second, like a split second, my brain could not process the information. And I thought they forgot and left a car. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. Like, they fucked up. And I was like, why would they just, how did not get, how'd that get past people? You know, and then like, you know, a couple of minutes later, you're realizing that's not what's happening. And I was, I honestly was like mad at the movie. Like, how could they be so careless? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's a chain of people. The editor gets fired. The script supervisor right. gets it's fired. Like, like a whole car? It's not a Starbucks cup. It's a whole car. <sighs> you know? That I don't know. But anyway, I'm a huge fan of M. Night Shyamalan. I thought it was Shyamalan, but somebody have told me that's not right, but I don't know. Who it might that? not be. It, it, uh, we may, Shyamalan may be like the Americanized, you know, for right, the trailer. Right, right. I'm now I'm dying to know. Um, yeah. So two things that, that, first of all, I can't believe Toni Collette was nominated for this, but not her, for Hereditary. Just go. Yeah, that's weird. I know. Like, she, but it's different, yeah. obviously a whole different academy at that point. But fucking how how could the Academy back then have been cooler than the Academy today? Uh, fuck all of them. <laughs> the Academy. Here, yeah, we were just talking about how great we are, and I'm like, fuck the Academy. Yeah, the whole Academy. I don't want that Oscar. You don't get you get that Oscar away from me. <laughs> you want that? That's my Oscar. Um, no, just yeah. If I ever get an Oscar, you guys, I think I'm gonna give it to Tony Collette as an honorary. Good, I would. There's not anything that I can think that I wouldn't give Tony Collette, given the opportunity. Oh my god, United States of Terra is the best show ever. Absolutely. Ever. That's one that I go back to 
constantly. Why hasn't she got, why didn't she get like 10 Emmys for that? I don't understand. I don't know. Because no, she truly is. I think she truly is like the best of the best right now. Like no offense, Meryl, like you're fine. You've had your time. But like, I truly think Toni Collette is the most talented actress out there right now. Meryl Streep is a phenomenal actress, but yeah. she does not disappear into her roles. Yeah, I exactly. just feel like you are always still seeing, to some degree, you're seeing Meryl Streep. But when Toni Collette does stuff, she like literally disappears into yeah. these characters. And you're like, I don't even know who I'm looking at anymore. And I don't think any other actor could have pulled off United States of Terra that I know of. I know I couldn't have even pulled off one of those characters, much less like six of those characters. I and interchangeably, like she would do it in the same scene. I want to say it maybe has been only three or four years ago that I even knew that she was an English actress. Oh, right, right. Because she uses so many different accents. Yeah. That, like, I had no idea that she was actually from England. She was yeah. Globe for United States. She's only ever won for, for one Golden Globe for United States of Terror. She's only been nominated for two, uh, Little Miss Sunshine and uh, uh, what the hell, uh, Sixth Sense, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's insane that that's all she's got because she really, really, she's, yeah. she's so phenomenal. Oh God, I love it. Like I will see, I will watch, I, I probably will watch any movie that she's in. She's one of those actresses that like, I don't care if the movie looks like garbage. Like I want to see Tony Cole. That's, well, honestly, a, that's why I saw Hereditary because otherwise it probably wouldn't have because I just was like, everybody was saying it was depressing and it's scary and it's this and whatever. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a good time. It's not a good time at all. <laughs> but I was like, Tony Collette's in it? Okay. Like, sure. I have like these weird like snapshotty moments that have like forever changed my, my like love of film or forever founded my love of film. Psycho being the twist that I would say was the one that. Oh yeah. Because I was so little when I saw that and I was mind blown, like never saw it coming that Orbit was his mother and was mind blown for years afterwards. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's like almost the original twist. I don't even know how many there were before that. I'm sure there were. Yeah. I mean, Hitchcock, like, I, I don't know. I'm not versed enough in it, but that's one of the, like, I feel like that's one of the like first big movie twists. Yeah. Oh God. So good. So that was one of my moments, but the uh, literally Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary was one of those moments where I was like, yep, this is why I love film. Like, this is why I, I will swear by the fact that it has life-changing abilities because her scene on the floor when she was crying after the kid, uh, Jackie, I'll tell you, I was in a ball. Like I was like, curled up in a ball. I couldn't move. Like it was just. Perfect. I just can't even imagine what that takes because you know, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but they had to have at least done it twice, at least, at least, yeah, could you at least. That? And to like bring all that, I mean, look, even in Boo, I, I break down crying at one point, which was totally producer tears, and <laughs> they were like real producer tears, and a release. But like, I couldn't stop once I started. Like we cut and they like, my crew was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> Just like, I couldn't, you get that going and who knows? And that was nothing compared to like, what she's doing in Hereditary, which I can't even imagine where you even pull that from and how you like move on with your day. Like, I don't even, and, and I'm not an actor like in that way, like I can't cry. <laughs> like if I'm not really crying, like I, the one thing I've never done is act, and I have to say that, like, it blows my mind that people can do that. Yeah. Now, there was, the only experience that I had with that was that in, I was a theater manager in college, and there was a show that we did, and I played, uh, I guess, I, for, for all intents and purposes, I was a slave to this girl, um, but she took care of me, I took care of her, I was more like a, a, a nursemaid, but, you know, basically her slave. And at one point she gets taken away by this army captain and like raped and kidnapped or whatever. And I basically have to just kind of stand there and watch it happen because I don't have all of my, you know, mental, you know, capacities. We decided to play my character, you know, a little bit, um, a little slow and like the whole scene happened. And I remember during one, like one of the final dress rehearsals when we finally were like, we're going to do it. Like everybody go all out. And you know, that the army captain's like really going to grab her and drag her off. And she's going to scream the whole nine. We did that scene, I think twice, maybe three times. And then when the director called cut, 
like the three of us went to separate corners of the stage and just cried for a while and then it was like the director was like you know what I think we're good for the night like we like we were like shaken like when when the scene calls for it and you really have to go all out like that's the only time I've ever experienced that but it was definitely one of those moments where like it just it really it hits you it really well, it's does. When you really, if, it's, if you're personally connecting to it in some way, that's when it, that's first of all when it happens, if it's like organic, and then also it sticks with you because you yeah. connect to it somehow or whatever, but. Cool, yeah, I've never, I've never experienced that. It happened, it happened too when we did Godspell. There was, there was a scene in Godspell where like it's supposed to be emotional, and for the longest time we all laughed up. Marissa and I, our, our good friend Aubrey directed that, and the scene like we constantly were laughing and cracking up when we shouldn't have been, but like, you know, you're just, you it was yeah. the sillies, and then when the moment came, it's the part when I like, think Jesus is like basically individually saying goodbye to everybody, and we're all in a circle. Like, we used to be pissing ourselves, we're laughing. And, and at one point something just clicked and the first time we did it when we and it clicked we all were sobbing uncontrollably we're like and then she I remember her being like guys you gotta dial it back a little bit and we're like oh we can't God. help really? it now we've let it all yeah. well I mean in Boo when we did the like attempted rape kind of scene we couldn't use any of the audio from inside the car because he pushes me in and gets on top of me and it's very uncomfortable. Like, but we were just like laughing the whole time because <laughs> we're trying to shake the car so that it's visible, which is difficult. We had two people sitting in the front seat on the floor and he's a big dude. And so he's holding on to both of the seats on top of me because that's how we got in. And the two dudes on the thing, and someone also in the front of the car was trying to push it. <laughs> and so we are like dying laughing while we're all trying to just make the car like move. <laughs> and we couldn't use any of the audio from inside because we just literally were just laughing the whole time. And it's weird to be laughing during like what is essentially a really traumatic scene. But it actually, it's a nice like release, I think. It was like, it made yeah. it not so... Because the before we get in the car, it's a pretty uncomfortable scene, and so I think when we get got in the car and the door was shut and we knew we weren't going to use that audio anyway, we were like, let's just like, like let it out. Plus, it seemed ridiculous that he was like, we're fully clothed, he's on top of me. We're, there's like six people in the car, we're all trying <laughs> to it, and you know, so it happens. So, um, to to kind of uh, start wrapping up here, what are you working on while we're in quarantine? Are you, I know you got your uh, your trivia's that I've I've enjoyed. <laughs> I did that once, just like <laughs> I don't know, because I didn't know what to do, and then people started asking me for it and like giving me stuff to give to people, and I'm like, but I don't want to do it anymore. And then like, but I was like, but these are cool prizes, and like I don't if people want to give them, like I should do it. So. I was doing that for a while and then we were having issues with the lag on Facebook and so I moved it to Zoom and I really promoted the heck out of that game and only like six people showed up and we had like 30 people playing on Facebook but half of them were complaining that they weren't getting the answers, you know, they weren't hearing, whatever. So I just got really frustrated with the whole thing and stopped doing it. Although I still have like prizes technically to give away that people had donated or given that I, that I still want to give away. So I am working on, I wanted to do like a newlywed type show where I had couples in quarantine um, and I would ask them questions about each other to see if they knew their partner. And I'd have like one that's like under two years, one that's been married for 40 years, one that's whatever. So anybody who's living together and I'd have like three or four couples and we would just do like a newlywed type game. So I've been doing that. I'm obviously working and teaching. Uh, Jack's in Love is now available on Vimeo On Demand, which I'm excited about so you can buy or rent it. I make a little bit of money on it, so that'd be nice. It won't pay for literally anything, but it's fine. It's still really nice. <laughs> um, and, and it's available finally online, so I'm glad. And uh, Boo hopefully will be... I'm writing with Vince, and also I'm writing a feature called New Mom that I've been working on for freaking ever. It's a ghost story. Um, is there a twist? Eh, a little bit. There's a little twist in there. It's not, I don't know, we'll see. It's not great right now. It's not, I'm not super happy with it, 
So I need to work more on that, but hopefully that will be my first feature if I ever get it together um, that I may direct and star in. You've been reading scripts too. Like I saw you did Empire Records. Oh yeah, I did Scripts Gone Wild. Um, Fun. They basically do like drinking ga- drinking table reads for charity. Um, it was a bit of a crazy experience because some of the actors were drinking maybe before. I don't know. <laughs> so it got a little kooky at the end, but I think that was the point. I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't done many of them, but honestly it was fun. And they had assembled like really cool people like Van Hughes, who's like a huge Broadway star and um, just some Olivia Dudley and like really cool people who are great actors. And it was a fun time and they raised money for charity and I, I kind of was sort of not really drinking that much because I was worried I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> um, and yeah, just trying to like be ready with stuff when this all kind of blows over. Yeah. Because Boo's going to be done. Obviously, it'll be online and it'll be like done and Jax is pretty much done. And so now it's like, well, what else are you going to do? And of course I want to go to all the festivals if they happen and nightmares and genre blast better happen because I am like, I live for those weekends too. And again, if we want to watch Jackson love, we go to Vimeo.com, right? And just search for it. So if you go to Vimeo.com, I think you can just search, but it's just Vimeo.com slash on demand slash Jackson love. Also, if you go to jacksonlove.com, I added the link to the front page. Oh, there you go. That's it's like streaming do. now or something and you can click on it and you can also buy the DVD that has other women in horror shorts on it. Really cool. cool. But you can go to boo, uh, meetmyboo.com. If you want to find out more about Boo. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And we highly recommend both of those films if you're looking for something to watch. Okay. Well, um, we good? Yeah. Is that a, okay. Well, uh, Rakefet, thank you so, so much for taking time to, to sit and chill with us. It was, it was awesome to talk to you again. And thank you. Thanks for, <laughs> you know what? This is actually a very different interview than than the first one so From what i remember it really is so <laughs> i'm kind of into it <laughs> yeah no we actually I'm, I'm proud of us we all stayed fairly on topic with this one i was gonna say that's what seemed more right about yeah. it <laughs> right. well there we go blessing in disguise that we get to do it again um so yeah so again thank you so so much your uh facebook page and your production company's instagram we will link everything so everybody can reach out, find you, meet you, see you, and adore you the way that we do. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out. We're on your favorite podcast app. We are on social media. Come out, say hi, thumbs up, love it, like it, give us that five-star review, and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.